Hey, I've got a little bit of a theoretical point to bring up to start part two here. And I I think this is going to speak to Scott and VJ's relationship. We're not just getting an awesome description of, you know, the 2020s in Afghanistan and the start of, you know, this decade and what would shape the rest of the century in India and China. We're also getting a bit of reflection on who we are and who America is and our operators. There's this cool quote of why Scott does what he does. And I I really like this because if you are new to the Brad Thor books, it gives a very succinct description of the realm that Scott works in. and, And you can automatically identify with, okay, this is who Scott is. And now I know why he's doing what he does. So I think this is typical Brad Thor. Just listen to this quote. There was no American dream without those willing to protect it. Every citizen had a role to play. It required commitment, truth-telling, and a belief, not only in what America was, but what it could be, a belief that its best days were always in front of it. It also involved a danger. For as long as America stood apart as a beacon of liberty, a place where the dignity and rights of the individual were prized above all else, it would attract the scorn and enmity of tyrannical governments and malevolent actors the world over. To combat those threats, the United States needed citizens like Harvath, Men and women willing to take on additional risks, who would put their lives on the line and fight America's enemies, no matter where that fight might take them. I think that speaks to who Scott is, for a new reader in particular, but you could replace everything in that with India, and that's what Vijay and Aja are doing for their people and their country. Yeah, honestly, that's a great description of every single thing that Scott is trying to do in every other book, you know? It it sums it up. Yeah, I would totally agree that, and that's why I think Asha and Vijay are, you know, pick one. They're the winners of this book because they are the perfect complement to Scott, right? In, in like an Indian format, if you want, if you want to call it that, right? From the moment we meet Asha to her pursue, you know, pursuit in this investigation, she gets, you know, they try to take out her, uh, they try to kill her, they try to yeah. kidnap her, and, and then kill her. And she's able to navigate that, you know, with the mob, eventually link up with Scott. And then, you know, finally, in the very end, they're able to tag team together and get all the major players. And then VJ, we haven't even talked really about VJ. What a great character. Oh, yeah. And at first we meet him and I'm like, all right, you know, who is this guy going to be? He's just going to be, you know, just a one off, you know, one chapter, you know, is he just going to be driving around Scott? And then you slowly realize that, no, he's, he's here to stay for the entire book. And it, I liked it. I, I, I didn't like it. I loved it, you know? Yeah. Well, how could you not like somebody who kicks it off with an earth, wind and fire CD in their car? Like, come on. That's, that's the way to do it. He goes toe to toe with Scott and it's not like in any sort of, you know, braggadocious or condescending way they vibe on the same level and yeah they kick it off with music and i love that uh brad posted you know the rising tiger the playlist. playlist with with all these you know <laughs> funk or <laughs> if you want to call them funk slash r&b, R&B. songs <laughs> yeah and i don't know it just again adds to the buy-in of why i like you know the plot and 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 this book because vj is so fleshed out he's so such a good character and we haven't even mentioned this, but Scott, honestly, in once we transition to mainly playing in India, he plays a backseat role yeah. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. a lot of players. Yeah. You know, obviously in the end, he, he gets the kill shot, 
but I think it's necessary because he's in a new environment. Exactly. Brad's in a new environment, right? He said he's, he's never been to India, so he had to rely on a lot of research, a lot of, you know, firsthand, you know, talking to people who had firsthand experience about this. So he's conveying that through his alter ego in Scott. And Scott knows he, he's going to need to find someone immediately who he can trust, who he can help solve this mission. And he finds that in VJ. Yeah. 100%. The way he and VJ kick it off, it's just delightful. And Harveth, you know, humor is. Brad said it himself. That's a hallmark of a Thor novel. That is a Thorism. I like how he's been playing it up. You you saw he yes. like he brought it in Lions. It was a little bit in Path, and then State of the Union went down. And I think it goes down even further. And then, but I think he realized that people like that. Brad, that Scott is is funny. Like that's what Mitch has never been funny. You know? No, no, not at all. Yeah, I I think he maybe realized people like it, but I don't think Brad writes. He writes to entertain people. He told us that sure. clearly. But I also liked when he was talking, he said VJ wasn't somebody he necessarily, in his mind, fleshed out as fully as it ended up coming to fruition. He almost, VJ almost wrote his own story. You know, sure. Brad just created the environment and, and wrote his name, but eventually who VJ was came out with. How would someone at this point of his life speak to someone like a Scott? How would they build a relationship? And it was kind of cool to hear from Brad how VJ grew. And, and basically, he met VJ. Brad kind of said, like, when I met VJ, and I was surprised at who he became. Yet You're the one who created him. I thought that was a really cool way Brad talked about VJ. It just shows the universe is so real to him. He's not writing because I want a character who's funny. I want a character who can shadow scott or show scott around vj was vj <laughs> and, yeah. and he basically did what he had to do because of who he was and speaking of who he was again these books are educational i didn't even know about an fsn slash i however no, embassy yeah the embassies i sometimes wonder how do they get the connections if they got to either get their hands dirty or navigate some sort of police or judicial system. How do they even know? You know, an American citizen has some problem over there. You know, right. the C the station can't just deal with that. They have to have people on the inside that can that can help them out. Yeah, and and how Brad went to Fred Burton and Fred Burton, who, if you haven't heard our interview with him on the Mitch Rapp podcast, worked in the diplomatic security services. So he knows he's one of the top experts on how we protect our embassies and the security personnel there. He said. Hey, you just have him go to the FSNI, you know, a foreign service national investigator, a retired cop, someone who knows the local system, who is friendly to our cause and willing to collaborate with us. And they can take He's you gonna around. He's going to be super and, vetted, too. So, you know, you can somewhat trust him, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so they hit it off for a number of reasons. And it was cool to watch their relationship and friendship grow. Yeah, I thought it was funny, like almost how you're reading it. You, you don't know what VJ is going to become, like if he's going to be around for many pages. Brad had the same thing and when he was writing it. Like he didn't he didn't know that VJ was gonna I'm sure early on once he started like fleshing him out, he's like, All right, he's gonna stay through the whole story. But when he initially came up with the concept, he didn't know, oh, he's gonna be taken out uh not Durani, but Syed. Yeah. In in that bar scene. Like, that bar scene was, was fucking cool. Yo, very, very cool. Yeah, so Ash and VJ are also a little different. Well, I'm just thinking Chris Howdy. You know, we just read and reviewed on our third feed, No Limits, the Thriller podcast, 
all the books by Chris Howdy. And if you haven't read them, pick up Deep State. It will be one of the best books you've ever read. But in his books, the theme of trust no one is so prevalent, you can't meet a new character without automatically distrusting them and wondering when the rug will get pulled under your feet. I it's a complete opposite here. And cuz Brad has done that occasionally actually. We we've had that plenty of times. I don't know why. I felt at home with Asha and VJ. I I just felt welcomed. At no point did I feel they were going to, you know, turn the tide and and be against us. Like it was just a feeling of comfort every time you were operating with them. And then eventually the final scene which I want to get to or towards the final scene, we're welcomed into VJ's home and his son links up with Asha and his and the family is cooking and I just feel felt warm and hospitality in this book, which was just really, really delightful compared to some other thrillers where you're on edge, you know, you're really nervous, who's gonna be the bad guy? When's the major twist coming? This was like, let me just show you the good guys. Let me just stick with the good guys, and you know what? They're gonna still be good at the end. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even like really mentioned any bad villain yet because right. I think if you had to pick apart a weakness in this novel it's that maybe there's too many bad guys and we when they are introduced we don't get to see that much of them you know I guess we have this Pakistani officer Durrani who we meet a couple times we have Yang who's the you know the Chinese overseer of these operations we have the various you know, mafioso, the the was the G company, G company, and then the uh, yeah. the other one who, who's doing the um, who's doing like the uh, the motorcycle fraud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I forget what that gang. Like, and eventually that the lance corporal. Yeah, and then yeah, and then we got Khan at the very end. So there's there's a lot of different you know quote unquote bad guys, and we don't stay around from, with them that long. It, even like. At one point, we get introduced to, all right, Yang's going to activate, or carbon. I forget if it's Yang or Durrani has to activate carbon. You know, Yang, this, yeah. Another, no, Yang, because he's a Chinese, another right. Chinese sleeper agent who's supposed to be this badass assassin, right? And he's on, like, two chapters. Right. And then Nicholas takes him out. Yeah. Which was pretty cool, but... Oh, yeah. No, that, that whole scene was cool, but, like, I, I wanted more of carbon. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like he, the, the buildup for him was so big. Yep. And then I was I was a little bit let down. The, the the fact that Nicholas saves the day and kills him, like, sort of saves it a little bit. Correct. But I was like, wait, he's already gone? I 100% felt the same way. I got amped up when Carbon was about to be activated. I was like, this is the Chinese realizing they're not going down a positive path. That, that they're kind of losing out here. They're, this is their chance to go hog. And then all it did was the guy at nicholas's estate like that was it you know yeah and then nicholas just turned the gun on him which was exciting it was it was so exciting but it was almost a letdown in that oh i thought this was going to be the great big final showdown this guy carbon who somehow was going to get scott asha vj nicholas you know all together or all at once and there was going to be a major drama i i would say we've been real positive on this book one of the weaknesses is the bad guys, and I'm almost okay with that because it allowed the good guys to shine. Yes. And I, and I think with the quotes I just read, especially the most recent one I just read about what America and, frankly, the world needs from its heroes and who those people are, their everyday people, 
who are stepping up and willing to give themselves 100% of it to defend others and fight for what they believe in. I'm glad the good guys shined. So I'm going to give a bad score to the bad guys. I, the villains, too few, uh, too many, but too little too fleshing out. They're yeah. Too, yeah, they were almost not fleshed out enough. If you took one of them, like Yang, and we really got into it, that could have helped. Or if you took Durrani and, and really explored him a little more, could have helped. But I'm almost glad they took a backseat to Asha and VJ and crew. So low score for bad guys. Not great villains, but I'm okay with it. The other kind of pitfall here, the ending action for as good as the book started. I didn't think any of the ending action pieces hit that high. For example, the dojo scene. Yeah. Asha and Scott finally together. I really want them to do something great, but Carbon's already gone. So it's like, okay, now they just have Durrani left to get. It was cool they track him down, but they eventually bust into this dojo, and I didn't know why, but Scott throws a smoke grenade, and they were getting shot at first. Kind of muddy. Asha gets hurt, right? Asha gets, gets hurt. She gets shot. And Scott eventually has to tase him, and he's in a pool of water, so there's a big problem with that because it's in the shower. Something about that scene, I don't know what it was, just it didn't hit as many notes, and it didn't it didn't have the vivacity or the, the liveliness and the impact that the Afghan scene had to open the book. Oh, well, I guess one of my other critiques is just I felt like while this novel was a true detective story, you know, like we were along for the ride with both Asha and Scott and DJ, you know, putting pieces together. You know, this is like multiple episodes of pick you know, your favorite crime, Ozark, whatever, you know, The yeah. Wire. The um, new Batman. You know, the new Batman. Exactly. It, it kind of has critiques to it where like it's almost a little long, but at the very end, it's like very rushed to like conclude the story. I, I felt like we were jumping around the last four or five chapters just going and each chapter was about killing the five bad guys we had, you know, getting yeah. Durrani, then getting Yang, getting Khan, then getting Yang, and then a wrap up story. I was just like, wow, this is a lot. And you just had to bring it all together. And I don't want to say it failed, but just like it, it left me wanting a little bit more. Yes. It, it, yeah, it didn't fail, but it, it didn't hit like the opening of the book. Sure. Did. It didn't hit like the opening. The opening the, is, is so good. Like yeah. so good. I wouldn't even say the opening. Let's say maybe the first 60, 70% were just rip roaring good, nonstop, bought in. Everything was clicking, like really just riding high. So I guess maybe it's just compared to that, right? It's not that it's yeah. bad. It's Relative to the beginning, yeah. Right. And you know what? It would have been really cool. When Carbon was activated, I was kind of expecting we've reached the last straw. The Chinese are on the back foot getting desperate. I almost felt like they needed a meeting. They needed a face-to-face of how do we salvage this operation. All these disparate pieces, like this Pakistani guy operating in India, he's failing. Yang sending his operatives have failed. All these different little failures I thought would have led to some sort of convening together, almost as if the bad guys wanted to steady the ship. They all needed to get on the same page. And that's when Asha, Vijay, and Scott would have had an opportunity. I felt like the book was building to a massive showdown. Four or five bad guys versus these three heroes with Nicholas and Gary Lawler on the comms, you know. I just thought something cool, like some big set piece would end like that. So a little bit of a fizzle, but I was having a great time the whole way through. Well, I think like maybe that big set piece that would have 
clicked is the you know what this another agent in India Khan, like, what is it Kamal, Kamal, Kamal Khan. Khan he was supposed to do another attack right and it's like I feel like normally we would have seen like Scott go like have to like there would be that meetup where they're preparing for that attack while acknowledging Scott and Asha's existence we have to deal with that but we still need to you know continue with the like almost like the the whole plan with that the Chinese had made like took a back seat to Scott trying to find them you know yeah like we built up this all right we're gonna we're gonna pound the Carlton group we want to get Scott we want to get Asha we want to take down these people in, in India when we and then it's like a two paragraph thing saying that oh Khan was gonna do this attack yeah. you know I kind of wanted to see that I didn't want to see the attack but I wanted to see the the events of that what that attack would have been maybe fleshed out and like you could have you could have done something where you like had Scott trying to stop that attack. I don't know. Although there was something really awesome built into this final sequence, the coffee shop meetup when yeah. Asha and Scott are doing reconnaissance and and following this guy who's working at an aid agency, a humanitarian agency, but they know he's got dirt on him, and Scott runs into him at the coffee shop. I thought that was really cool and really well done, and that's how they get the intel. To lead to Durrani and to lead to Kamal. So there's some cool nuggets in there. But yeah, something about the whole spider web of how these people are connected and and what's going to bring them together at the end, it didn't hit for me. So I feel like what sings in, well, it sings throughout the entire novel, but what what really shines in in the last third or even last two thirds of this novel are the conversations that, that kicks off with Asha. And and her like counterparts of Raj and Gupta or her like superiors, like the conversations that they have, as well as the conversations that BJ and Scott have throughout, you know, their their tag team investigation. And then culminates with, you know, there's a whole chapter of just Scott and Asha talking about like, you know, the future of India and like what needs to happen. Like that those words on the page were amazing. And I feel like that took the front seat as opposed to Maybe maybe people would want more action you know? with the villains. So, action with the with villains. the villains. Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. It was just a different priority, a different focus for Brad, which maybe we haven't seen yet. Something experimental. Yeah, yeah. So let's just wrap up because I I kind of did like, even though we're kind of a little poo pooing here at the ending. No, I we shouldn't like say we didn't like it. It's just it's different. It, it it's is different, different than what we what I was expecting for the ending to be. You know. Yeah. Uh, so. Being different, I'm not sure I've processed how it landed yet. So maybe I should, before we kind of write it off, maybe I should read it again or let that sink in and sure. revisit. Obviously, the whole. I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna read the audiobook because I, I want to see how that hits. Exactly. I I want to reread it with a focus on how does it wrap up and and am I satisfied with the wrapping up? And I I think the audiobook will go a long way in, in doing that for me. Yeah, because normally we read these books like twice like i've already read this entire series once i at least reread it again and then i go back and reread certain or re-listen to certain sections before we do these pods right that's the difference with having a brand new book and just having the arc and i you got it a month ago but you only sent it to me a week ago so i i I had to read it pretty quickly um or i guess a little more than a week ago but Yeah. yeah so i definitely want to revisit this book again yeah and see how that hits. Okay, the bar scene was pretty cool. And Brad told oh, us. Oh, yeah, the bar scene was really cool. The bar in Romania, which at some point we learned that Durrani had this very twisted, sick obsession. Weird. 
And he was with, using with tearful amputees. That that's what turned him on. Yeah, it was he so liked so suffering gross. Amputees and this brothel in Romania was willing to cater to any client's needs. And so on the ISI's dime, he was traveling over there uh, for business. And so I'm so glad that. And this is a direct quote from the book that Scott quote shot him in the dick. <laughs> Couldn't have been any better. <laughs> Shot him in the pee-pee. That's it. That, that, perfect. That, that's poetic justice right there. <laughs> and he saves the woman who was a Ukraine uh, victim, victim of the Ukraine war. Right. Yeah, that's like the, the little touches that he does with Ukraine. You know, like he has to comment on things throughout. Yeah. So I, and it, was not, it, was, it, was, it was a nice touch. Yeah. And Yang, Asha draws Yang out by having Durrani meet with him to return the weapon, right? The uh, right. directed energy weapon. And so Yang thinks he's getting it back. See, this is what I'm talking about. It got so bad, Yang had to come to India, right? He had to come right. for a meet or to Romania for this meetup. And like you drew Yang out. I thought the fact that you could draw Yang out, things got so desperate, could have led to a bigger set action piece. But Asha gets him. I, I love that. You know, it was a trap. It's a trap. And so Yang's taken out. They, they he shot Durrani in the dick. How do they get Khan, the one who actually killed Ritter? No, Khan didn't kill Ritter. It's they they get a word from an Khan is just like some other operative who they're able to like get. The guy who killed Ritter is I, I didn't write down his name, but it's another name that Ahmed gives him because Ahmed knows who who killed Ritter. It starts with a W. I, I forget what. what Are you sure? Guy's I thought it was, was Khan. Okay, gets a little jumbled up. Some of these guys. But like, yeah, Scott puts it all together. I remember that moment that really landed when Scott realized who killed Ritter. Because that intel they got from Amit and at the coffee shop, I was like, oh, Scott's going to get him. Wassum. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so that's the guy that, 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 was, and that was a cool scene. Scott, like, Very climbing cool. over the, the fence, right, and, yes. and getting him. Yeah. And, and knowing, like, there's this one guy in the house. Because... At this point, they're using the the secret top special surveillance people, right? Who can like th- that was really cool. The yes. tech we didn't even mention some the of the Indian tech surveillance in guy. Well, so Raj is pretty awesome. Yeah, Raj, he's a cool character. He forces Aja to resign without knowing why, because he wants full you know cover and plausible deniability for her not being an actual employee of the state. He gets the office building where he's running these ops out of the blind association. Yeah. Which no one would have expected or knew about. And no one can see what they're doing, so. Exactly. And he brings in Gupta. Oh, my God. Like, I feel like that's a Reed Carlton kind of move right there. I I loved seeing that the Indians had their own version of what. The Carlton group is. Yeah. Very much so. Is that the book, Mike? That's the book, so I think we have to give it a rating. And Chris, once again, like always, as we're talking, my numbers just keep going up and up and up. Let's kick it off. Plot and action. What did you give it? 10 out of 10? 9 out of 10? All right, so plot gets a 10 out of 10 for me. 10 out of 10 for plot, yep. The plot was engrossing, page turning, like we said. You know, we kick it off from the jump. And I really like the murder mystery novel aspect of this. You know, Scott is a detective. Uh, even you know, even though Scott takes a back seat at times, you know, he has to, and it plays in. And then the the other characters just you know drive the other good guys drive this plot and what very well executed action. 
I I went a little like on the lower side of seven point five. I might um, let me move that up to an eight because I, I was, the the opening scene is, the opening. is so yep. good. Yep, like that that sort of saves it. And the end, the dojo scene was cool, and like the the various we get like it's sort of parceled out, you know, yes. like right, right, right throughout the novel. So it, it's an eight, solid. Dude, eight. there's one other scene that I think we brushed past before that's going to put you up to that eight and actually pushes me up to the nine. You mentioned the bar scene. That's when Asha and Scott. Oh come yeah, 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 I mentioned that briefly. We didn't get into it. Yeah, she pulls the gun on him, and then VJ is there. VJ takes the gun from Asha. Drinking the Johnny Walker. There's the Johnny Walker, and then Harvath takes down the bodyguards with the glass bottles, and he uses one of them as a shield. They were just talking about somebody who fought with glass bottles, and then he does it. He uses the holstered weapon of one of the bodyguards as it's holstered to kill and shoot the other guy. So there was so much cool stuff going on there. And then they take him, they take the guy they captured for an interrogation. Syed, yeah. yeah dude, and also Siddiqui. The man that Asha saves when she's using that smoke grenade launcher and the tear yeah, gas Yeah, that whole launcher. action scene is cool with the helicopter coming in. Oh, my God. All right. You, I'm all going right. to a nine. Nine out of ten. I'm going, eight, I'm going 8.5. All right. I'll give it 8.5. We, we each went up a full point on action because of that. Yeah. I think it's well-deserved. All right. As we said, buy-in. It's a five out of five for me. I, yes. I bought this plot. I, you know, there was no mcguffin i didn't believe there was no even though we had like a little bit of qualms here or there like overall you know i just it was a very believable story it was rooted in you know so this could actually happen and yep. we could have people like asha and scott trying to do this and we, we, i felt like we were living in this world and it was it wasn't fantasy and, yep. and i i just believed it from from the get-go yep the asian version of nato being formed by the secret diplomat and then the fighting in the mountains of like we can't forget the first and second chapters. They almost were isolated because we never come back to them. But we don't come back right. to them because they set the stage so well. They set the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go back to them because they're not loose ends. Like, no, those things happened. And they there were consequences, and those consequences were death because of the showdown between two Titan superpowers. So, yeah, I was bought in. All the way, every description of the geopolitical maneuvering, the Chinese and Indian cat and mouse game, Asha Raj and the operation he's running, every single bit of this hit for me, buy-in, five out of five. I'm only one point off so far in our first three ratings. All right, here it comes, the bad guys. The bad guys. Probably the worst part of this novel, if you had to pick a worst part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've mentioned it, why, why both of us, you know, think why. I gave it a two. And it's I mainly because it two. we just don't really spend that much time with them, you know? While VJ and Asha and, you know, even even like some of the other minor characters like Siddiqui, who are, I, I would throw him into a good guy, good guy scenario. Or even like Raj and Gupta, the other, those players, they're way more fleshed out than any single quote-unquote bad guy we have. You know, Yang just gets one chapter of description. Yep. Durrani gets one chapter of description. You know, the mob boss gets a paragraph. The Syed gets, like, you know, a page. Yep. We don't fully comprehend their motivations. Yeah, I'm a two out of five on bad guys, but I almost feel like that was in service of creating the space to make the good guys even better. So... Five out of five on the good guys, and I'm almost glad the the bad guys were a two out of five. It also 
allowed the story to be condensed a bit. It, you know, right. why did this book seem so crisp and and powerful and it just it just ran? I think because we didn't get as much as much exposition of the bad guys. So I think it was a noble sacrifice taking a two out of five on that. So other parts of the story, like the buy-in, like the plot, like the action, like the good guys, can get near perfect scores for me. Yeah. And so good guys are a five. Got to be a five. Yeah. All right. What about the setting, Mike? I guess we should do our traveling hard section here. We didn't talk about traveling heavy. That's right. Traveling heavy. Not traveling hard. Traveling heavy. <laughs> you know, we didn't go to all that many places. And I think that, again, allowed us to dig into India on a bit of a deeper level, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. So we're in Kabul. You definitely are getting the sense of a post-war Taliban 2.0 resurgence Afghanistan. I think really brilliantly described there. The streets of Kabul with Scott getting to the airport or going through this traffic circle. Really well done. Dushanbe, Tajikistan. We stopped there. Scott got some important updates. He flew out. I can't say the setting was really described, but it was kind of cool to go to Central Asia because that is the crossroads of the Belt and Road Initiative with China trying to expand its global reach into Europe and the Middle Eastern markets. So, well, I thought it was interesting that Brad, Brad at least notes that Tajikistan has secretly been one of our allies because of you know the proximity that they have to both Russia and China. Exactly. Under the radar, at least. Yeah, and I think he even mentioned the Uyghur population, how they've right. also been an ally because a lot of Uyghurs have escaped Western China from the prosecution. Right, right, right. I think Jaipur was the and New Delhi were the best settings of this whole book. We were there for such a good chunk of time. I think earlier Brad would have jumped to four or five more cities. Why? Just because he can. Sure. And it would have been cool to go to those places, but it would have muddied the plot. It would have made it a little longer. I don't think the pacing would have, and the crisp, uh, the crisp uh, nature of how the story continues and moves on, would have benefited. So I was glad these two places in India were really, you know, our home as the reader. Yeah, and the fact that he sets it during Diwali, I get this. Like I've yes. had the chance to like go to a Diwali celebration with some of my Indian friends at Cornell, and it was a fucking blast. And I, I can only it. imagine like what what happens in India, and just the descriptions he gives of the festivities that are going on makes you really feel like you're there and you're experiencing this. Like he does a really good service to that. Yep. So I appreciate. I'm rolling that into the setting here. Yeah, and not to mention the hotels, the way he describes these oh, very, yeah. very the, upper the, class The rose hotels. petals being draped. I want to yeah. go. I want to stay at that hotel. Yeah, wild stuff. Yeah, uh, and Romania was cool. I liked the bar they were hanging out at. You can definitely see it being the type of bar that you know embassy staff or a who's who would would show up at. You know, kind of like a, I think of like. Cold War Berlin, there would have been this bar where all the important intelligence people are, are all there at the same time, crossing paths and trying to listen in. I got the sense that Romania is is that in Eastern Europe today. So yeah, and then the brothel, Brad told us, the tilted sideways brothel, right? Where, that was, with, where the the glass would like you know your 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 drink would, would that was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, 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 and it was a U.S. embassy, former U.S. embassy. So cool stuff like that. I still kept it at a four, though, because yeah, while too. those are great places to go to. The, you know what? I'm thinking of India, the Diwali, the hotels were so awesomely described. I'm thinking of a four and a half here. 
Ooh. Yeah. Okay. okay. I liked India. I'm going four and a half. All right. Speaking of India and Jaipur, we got to talk about the cover. We only have one, so it's judging, literally judging a cover by the book. What did you think of this cover, man? This cover is awesome. I love it. These doors are actual historical artifacts that you could see in Jaipur. The tiger is a cutout. I mentioned it in our interview. It has like a texture to it. I thought at first that tiger face was actually the door peeling, almost exploding. It has a verve. It has a life to it. Yet it's also the tiger. So it's like a, a cartoon uh, uh, outline of a tiger. So and, and India is the rising tiger of right. Asian politics. And, uh, so and when yeah. Brad described, because we both have the arcs, when he described that the hardcover. the hardcover is going to have texture. Yes. And like the you're going to feel the, all the ridges of the gates. And then when you get to the tiger, it's almost like sticky and like this different, you know, not, not, not glossy, like, you know, this different sort of feel over the tiger. Like it made me want my hard copy even sooner. I know. We're recording before, before the hard copies have shipped out. So yeah, I, I can't wait to touch and feel this cover because of all that. Five out of five. I oh, yeah. It. Five out of five. five out of, no, no, no cover C here to, to bring that score down. No cover C to bring it down. Well, let's hope the paperback is good. I will say this. You know how they're re-releasing the new mass market paperback covers of all the old Brad yeah, Thor yeah. books? Some of them have hit really hard and been awesome. And some of them have kind of missed the mark. So it's going to be a while till we get the paperback version, another cover of this. But I, I'm hoping it hits as good as this one does. Yeah, no, you texted me one Ooh, that had yeah. like a, which one was that? It was like a C with like an S, like. It was one of the more recent ones they released. Was it Spymaster? Because Spymaster is an amazing cover. It was, ouch, man. It was, it was a weird symbol. I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, it was. A, Some of them have been bangers. I'm going to search my email, Brad Thor. Paperback. I was going to go look at my pictures you sent me. Although you do send me a lot of pictures. Let's see. Let's see. New release. The Black Ice one's nice. Oh, oh it was Spymaster. It was. I thought I thought so. Ooh, Spy. Yep, it was. They're putting like a symbol in the middle. I, I don't. And maybe I just don't remember the stories that well. But I'm hoping that symbol has some sort of importance in the story. But I don't know. No, it was Backlash. It was Backlash. Let me see. Because the original Backlash cover is awesome. Can you see this? <gasps> oh, God, you were right. It was Backlash. No, and we were so mad because Backlash is, so is already good. an amazing cover with the ice and the, the sickle oh. and hammer in the snow. Oh, it was so cool, the original. Well, is that a snake? Like, does it mean something? I don't remember the book well enough to... We, we got, we'll, we'll get there eventually. The We're going off tangent. But... And the sword. Oh, man. what? Yeah, okay. But guys, you know we we judge the cover by the book, and I, I, don't, rem I don't know about a snake. A snake and a sword? I, okay, maybe. Maybe I forgot something. <laughs> right. I don't know. All right, let, let's bring it back to Rising Tiger here. We're on Rising Tiger. So we each gave it a five. All right, well, these are some pretty high scores, man. So tell me what your free space is. You know, I always go first, so you, you get it first dibs. I'll go first this time. Um, we already both said it, Asha and VJ. So I, you take one, I take the other. I'm gonna go with Asha. You didn't need her to meet Scott until three quarters through this book because she held her own. 
I was almost happy that I think Scott had a somewhat limited role in a Scott Harveth novel. It sounds crazy to say. Isn't that crazy? I mean, but he was always there. Yeah, but let's be real. You can imagine some of these Goodreads and Amazon reviews. Why is Scott just standing around as like a bodyguard doing nothing and listening to... No, 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 no. This is a Scott Harvath novel, yet there are so many great supporting characters that you want to see shine and are holding their own that you know would be awesome companions and friends for Scott. And you get to see that. And that comes to fruition. It's just so bizarre to say some might consider Scott Harvath a minor character in this book. And the fact that I'm okay with that because of how cool Asha is. Is is I just it was pulled off. I, hats off, hats off, Brad. That's crazy well, to do. You know, and I think if you if you didn't go BJ, I was going to go BJ. Although I will have to say, runner up is the sequence from when we meet Scott in Kabul. Yes, to him driving the freaking motorcycle onto the helic onto the yes airplane is fucking insane and propulsive and gripping. So that's that's a runner. That's an honorable mention for my free space, but it's got to be BJ. Smooth, suave, a G, great taste in music, great taste in Indian food, great taste in beer, in cigars, like just everything. And, you know, he gets the shit done. He puts his life on the line. He acts as bait in order to get the mission done. Yes. And I think, you know, a worse novel would have put Scott in this environment where we know this is not this is not Norway. This is not America. This is not you know Afghanistan, which he's very familiar with. So he's in a territory where he's never operated before or rarely operated before. Someone else would would have made him the star and like not listen to these people. And what? No, in reality, if you want to get the mission done, you gotta have trust in these people. So. That's why VJ is my free space. You're 100% right. A lesser novel would have had Scott pull out Hindi out of his back pocket and go, oh, he took a semester of it in college, you know, right. or whatever. Oh, he knows how to get around this neighborhood because he looked at a map of an intelligence report one day. And it's like, okay, come on, man. But no, this works. Dude, VJ, he hooks up his son with a hot, badass assassin, baby, black ops intelligence officer. Yeah. Like, dude. Come on now. All right, what's your final score, Mike? You know what? All that adds up to a rock-solid 45.5. Have we had a score like that so far on the Scott Harvath books? 45.5 uh, out of 50? I don't know. I don't know. This is a high one. I, I, I was one point below you, so 44. 44 yeah. and a half. Okay. Yeah, this one did it for me, and... I think the series needed this. Uh, Near Dark, it was awesome chilling with Solvi and Black Ice really got me because of the Arctic geopolitical stuff and the military maneuvering. It's almost like a reset after, you know, right. concluding Spymaster to Backlash. You could see it's like, all right, we got to figure out where Scott's going to go, what he's going to do. And now I feel like this cements and sets him up for the next phase of his career. Agreed. 100%. Spot on. Great story. Brad, you did it. You killed it. You knocked it out of the park. Just what the series needed. All right. That's the book, man. We did it. We did it. I love I love how we record these episodes now in we just bang it all out in one record session. Yeah. Whereas 
in our Mitch Rap Pod days, we would spend this long talking about half the book. <laughs> right. And then we do it all again for the second half. Yeah. For the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Brad, we're starting to get condensed. We're starting to keep it together. I went on a Chris. few tangents today, but hopefully not too many tangents like a Mitch Rap Pod. <laughs> all right. Next time, we will be coming with you with a blowback. That is our the follow-up to State of the Union. We're going back to the order. As always, we have to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us at thrillerpod.com using our Twitter and Insta at thrillerpodcast. And as always, three keys for a happy life, something to do, someone to love, and something to look forward to. I gotta ask you a question. Earth, wind, and fire. Funk or R&B? We asked Brad, I gotta ask you. He wavered on it. He, he kind of split the difference. It's gotta be funk. It's gotta be funk, man. Funk? I'm okay. a, I'm a uh, Scott Harvath trooper, so it's gotta be, it's gotta be funk. I, I think I'm going funk, too. It's like a soul funk. I'm gonna go soul funk. Yeah, definitely. By the way, Earth, Wind, and Fire was the wedding song the wedding party came into at my wedding. So um, It was. September. Which one? September. September. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, which one? Oh, dude, we've got a lot of options here. What should be our intro song? You know I got to do it. Hopefully the copyright people, police won't get after us. Uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of options here. I wrote down every song that was playing in this book. I know it's on the playlist, but I also wanted to have it. Ooh. Shook me up. No, we got to do something RB and, and, and funk. You dropped a bomb on me. So I feel like Baby. George Clinton, Parliament Funk is always mentioned in the series. It's mentioned yes. here, but that's always mentioned. So that's like run of the mill. The first song VJ and Scott are listening to, Let's Groove, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Then they move on to the SOS band, Cool and the Gang, the Barkays. And they listen to Pick Up the Pieces by the Average White Band. We've got You Dropped a Bomb on Me by the Gap Band. Lagrange, ooh, ZZ Top, that might have to be it. Sly and the Family Stone, You Shook Me All Night. School's Out, Alice Cooper, American Pie, Don McLean, Sympathy for the Devil, Rolling Stones. Boogie Nights by Heatwave. Into the Mystic. Oh, yes, Into the Mystic. That was, that's what uh, Scott says his and Solvi's song was when they met. Van Morrison. It's I think you gotta slow. do one of the one of the funk ones, like either yeah. "Let's Groove" or "You Dropped a Bomb on Me, Baby." Into the Mystic is just a lit, even though it's gotten Solvi's song. Maybe we'll save that for the wedding book. There must be a book coming soon with the go. wedding. There you go. Lagrange is sounding. Kind of, how about the first one? "Let's Groove." It's it's the first song that VJ and him listen to. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. <laughs> a little post credits there. Boom, baby.